and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Don M. with us. Don, good to have you, sir. Interview you. You've been a lot of help with the Dow and with everything that we've done, and we'll get into all of that. I do want to mention BuddyC.org if you want to, if you need some announcements, want to know what all we have going on and some resources. There's a resources link. There's a bookstore link. There's also a link for a daily Dow devotional if you'd like to sign up for that. We're taking and doing a daily devotional with a quote and a thought and an affirmation. And I'm using that to keep me accountable to keep tweaking and writing these. And then we'll put a, I think we're going to put a book out probably by the end of the year, but we're going to keep having these free devotions on the website. You can keep getting them every day if you want them, but I am going to publish it in a daily reflection style book for folks that want a hard copy. But Don's been in, instrumental in that, too. All the art is from Don. So I, I want to thank you, Don, for all the help you've been, by the way, and the friendship, too. Yeah, there's a daily graphic as well as a daily devotional there. Tell us how you came up with the art. Doing uh, 300 and how many did I do? <laughs> you did over 365, for sure. Th- three, yeah, so I did half of that. And then I reversed them. So the black became white and the white became black, which seemed to suit uh, the Dow. And but drawing them, I would that is a lot of unique drawings, a lot of unique images. And I kept drawing and I'll go. Finally, I would just run out and go, I cannot come up with another one. I'm going to just simply repeat myself now. And then I take a couple of days off and sit down and start drawing. And all of a sudden, 10 would come up, 10 new ones. And it, and I realized that the creativity is a bottomless well. And it, it simply is, it doesn't run dry. It just needs to be fallow for a time. So pushing it wasn't the answer, but what was the answer was letting go of it, just releasing it. And then letting it happen. And that's my higher power. That's the way my higher power works off. My first, when I first came into AA, my, I really struggled against the word God. And in reading the big book, I remember first coming across great creator and creativity. I've always felt is something that's happening, being given to me. There's a great quote from the painter. I'm not sure which painter it is anymore. I've read it so many years ago, so I'm not going to name the painter. But from a painter, it might be Mondrian and it might be Philip Guston. But he said, when I enter the studio to begin painting, the studio is filled with people. And the longer I paint, they slowly walk out. So when I first start painting, it's filled, and then first to leave are the great artists of history. 
And then as I paint longer, then all of my teachers walk out. And then as I paint later, all of my contemporaries walk out. And I paint a little bit longer. And then finally, I walk out. Mm. And that's when I'm in the flow and it simply is available to me. It's like you're noticing it. Yeah. You're just and, and letting go. Yes. Letting go of not forcing the creativity. I had a, a lady, we don't use last names, so she was butterfly pound because she had butterflies on everything. And she she would say instead of let go and let God, it would be let go or get dragged. <laughs> and I think that's very accurate. Yeah. Very accurate. Uh, sure. How did we get acquainted from the boiled owl? Wasn't it the boiled owl? It was. It was. Daily. And then y'all wanted to, we put a link in Transitions Daily. By the way, guys, if you don't, transitionsdaily.org, it's a place that you can sign up for a daily email that has all of the, or majority of the AA-related quotes, as Bill sees it, daily reflections, 20, 24 hours, all those, uh, in a daily email. And you can sign up for that. And I got a lot of other resources there, daily podcasts of those things, and all kinds of other stuff. But at that time, we only had the email going out. And I, I think Sam emailed me about that, getting if we could list the boiled owl, because our, we listed a lot of podcasts that, that were good recovery podcasts. And we got to know from that. And I think I drove over and y'all interviewed me for the boiled owl one time. And that's how I got to know you. I heard you on. It wasn't on the sober guy, I think. That sober guy? That sober guy. I'd heard an interview with you, and at that time, you sounded way too Christian for me with what you were saying. But I liked what you were saying, and it was challenging, and it was in a good way. And I really, it, it stuck with me, and then I heard you on another podcast. So... I talked to Sam about it, and so we let's get Buddy C on. I've and, heard him on a couple. Did of I times. sound less Christian the next time? Yes. Yeah, it's amazing how the, your higher power changes over time. I know yours has too. Yeah, dramatically. So we started with oh, is the Boiled Owl still up? Right, they can still get to the Boiled Owl podcast. Yeah. What's the, the URL? I know. I don't know. Just search for the Boiled Owl podcast. It'll come right up, I think. Yeah. We did it for four and a half years. Wow. So it's quite a few of them, and it was bi-weekly. So there's a lot of good podcasts there, guys. That was an hour-long podcast or more. Boiledowlaa.org. That's it. That's the URL. Boiledowlaa.org. Now, give us the history of what boiled owl means, because I know <laughs> folks are wondering. Not a big book thumper, because <laughs> it's a quote from the big book. It's a line from the big book. In no time at all, we were boiled as an owl. Um, I can't Here remember. Here we would have said drunk as a coot. <laughs> that would be one that I would use. Yeah. Boiled, I've, I've, that's always amused me, because I've... Drunk as a coot makes sense, yeah. but boiled as an owl doesn't. But it's an old expression, and I love the 
Bill Wilson's old expressions that he uses all throughout the book. You think that one will make it into the plain English version? (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. I doubt that Boyle doesn't now will make it. And that's one of the things that will be missing. And I'm glad there will always be the original big book as well, because you don't want to pass up things like uh, shivering denizens in his mad realm (laughs) and Boyle does an owl and and four horsemen of the apocalypse. And Oh my God. Yeah. I hear that. And I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? Truly the spheres have their music. Is that what he says in the story? But he's referring to the music of the spheres. So what's your project now? I know you finished with the boiled owl. Now, what are you doing at the moment? Tell us about the Grapevine podcast. Yeah, I'm co-host of the AA Grapevine podcast. It's a weekly podcast that is supported by the Grapevine magazine. Members of AA came up through the, the, the idea came up through the ranks that the Grapevine should do a podcast. And a board member named Josh took it on and began to search around and try to make it a reality. So he's now a trustee, but at that time he was on the board and he was instrumental in spearheading the podcast. And the the whole board approved it together. And as they were looking at trying to do it, they said, why do we don't need to reinvent the wheel? Why don't we get someone who's already done it? And they liked the boiled owl. And so they contacted us. One of the things they liked about it is we have really been very rigid with the anonymity and protecting our identities at the level of press, radio, and films. And we're don't connect our social media to our identity on the podcast because we consider it to be at the level of press, radio, and films. Why for you, Don, there's a lot of varied opinions on anonymity. Sure. And a lot of folks now in recovery do not maintain their anonymity online at all. Why is that important to you in your recovery? (laughs) It's a... I see both sides of the of it, and I understand someone breaking their anonymity. It has I have been influenced by people, celebrities who talked about their recovery and said that they were in AA, and it made an impression on me. On the other hand, I know that there are examples very easily where somebody could and it has happened where people have done that, and then they've gotten drunk and made a big scene. And that is an example of AA not working. So that's painting a, that's painting a picture of how oh, I've heard about AA. There's one guy, he was like, there was a big thing about being sober. And now he's drunk. And so I don't think that for that reason, I think it's a bad idea. And that is the experience of AA. And that's hard fought from the forties that there were concerns about that. Then the other thing about anonymity that is, it's my ego is alive and well, and it is a real charge to to boost my ego to have my name on there. And to not do that, it's, 
I feel it all the time. And like I was recently traveling across the South. We went to um, to Florida and, and along the way stopped in cities along the way. And I went to some meetings and I got to say, I was like going, I wonder if anybody's going to recognize my voice. They didn't. <laughs> oh, nobody, no. Nobody recognized Don M? No, nobody recognized Don M from the Grapevine podcast. But that has happened at assemblies and places like that. And people will hear my voice and their head will jerk around and they'll be all excited to meet me because they recognize my voice. That is a real thrill. And believe me, I don't need that inside of an AA meeting where I am surrendering and I'm just another garden variety drunk. So I think that the the history of AA is that being anonymous at the level of press, radio, and films, which for me includes the internet, serves AA in long term. And so I'm going to respect it. But I understand someone not doing it, but then it's your journey. And then the one thing I don't want to do is be Mr. AA. I'm not Mr. AA. I'm just a garden hose. And all this stuff comes out. Nothing I say is original. It's being pumped in by everything I've heard everybody else say before me. Exactly. And I've had the same issue with ego. And that's why when I published this book, I published it as Buddy C and tried very hard to keep my name, my last name out of everything. And I think I have pretty much been able to do that. There's been a couple of exceptions, but it's so important that I emphasize the gifts and not me. I'm not the source of anything like, like you're saying. And, and most of the things are regurgitated from someone else anyway. And it's great to go to a meeting. When I moved to Alabama, I found meetings to go to that no one knew me. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful to go to a meeting where they did not expect anything from me. I go to my home group and they say, you didn't share today. I always like hearing you share all those things. And everybody knew that I had wrote a, all these in the podcast and all these other things. So it's great to to just be another clown on the bus, another bozo on the bus. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite um, verse of the Tao, you asked me to look and what my favorite verses of the Tao. And this one jumps out at me because of what I do with the podcast and what you do with in podcasts, because I met you broadcasting on the Internet. Verse 56, those who know do not talk. Those who talk do not know. <laughs> Block all the passages. Close your mouth. Cordon off all the senses. Blunt your sharpness. Untie your knots. Soften your glare. Settle your dust. This is the primal union or the secret embrace. One who knows this secret is not moved by attachment or aversion, swayed by profit or loss, nor touched by honor or disgrace. He's far from beyond the cares of man, yet comes to hold the dearest places in their hearts. This, therefore, is the highest state of man. That's the Wayne Dyer. The last phrase, part, the last stanza of that in the Stephen Mitchell 
says, be like the Tao. It can't be approached or withdrawn from, benefited or harmed, honored or brought into grace. It gives itself up continually. Mm. That is why it endures. Is that not surrender? Is that not the first three steps? That's why I love the Tao or quotes like this. Oh, yeah. It's not that we have to be Taoist. It's that we can apply these principles. There's, they're so relevant today. The reason it endures is because it gives itself up continually. Wow. Beautiful. Tell us a little bit about your story, Don. I know uh, what's your sobriety date? You've been sober a number of years, right? Have you hit 30 yet? Almost. No, wait. Okay. <laughs> I, I cannot remember my sobriety dates. I wrote sober. mine on a note on my computer so I could, <laughs> so I would know it every time somebody I had to say yeah. it. May 30th, 1994. Okay. So, no, I haven't made 30. 29. I made 29. Okay. <laughs> but May never 30. Mind. Only 28. Never mind. Yeah. We'll stop the podcast. Only now. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's a long time, but it seems like yesterday. Um, what brought you to AA? Why, why did you darken the doors? It, I did not want to. I did not want to go to AA, and I did everything in my power to try to quit drinking for two years actively not going to AA. (laughs) The last two years of my drinking were bottled hell. I was determined to not be an alcoholic and to control it. My uncontrolled drinking came before those last two years, so it's odd because at the end, it was all about not drinking and failing at that. And I would, I switched from beer to wine and that just became very expensive because I have really good taste in wine. So I was buying expensive wine by the case and Bush beer was a lot cheaper. Uh, (laughs) I drank Bush beer. These I generally drank like a, a six pack or two six packs a night. That was a, about what I drank, but I just, just, it ruled me. And I had just, all I did all day long was think about drinking. And I came into AA and heard thinking about drinking is the same as drinking. I'm, all of my mental energy was on alcohol. When am I going to start? How much am I going to drink tonight? I'm definitely not going to overdrink tonight. Tonight, I'm just going to have two beers. And all this thinking, all day long, I can't wait till five o'clock and I can start drinking because, oh boy, it's going to be good then. And I just, I was ruled by it. And then would come the days where I would drink and I would not be able to stop and just get so drunk that I was terribly sick that that misery and now what happened to me was my son on memorial day weekend we had a party and i had invited i changed the guest list so that we had a guest list of all heavy drinkers because <laughs> we had some like normal people coming and i changed the guest list so it was all the big drinkers so that because i knew i needed to get really drunk and i didn't want my wife to see pay attention and if everybody was drinking around i could drink more 
And it was, oh, God, all that planning. And I went out on the porch about six o'clock at night and sat down. Everybody was gathered or sitting all around in a big circle. And my son, who was six years old, hopped up and came across the porch and sat down next to me. And my neighbor said, he watches every move you make. And that was like an arrow that shot through me. It was like he can see everything that I'm doing. I'm only fooling myself. He can see every day when I come home, if I'm angry. I go to the refrigerator and I start drinking and I drink all night. And if I'm bored, I come home, I start drinking and I drink on. If I'm happy, I need to celebrate. I come home, I start drinking. I drink all to him. He sees what I'm really doing. It's not about whether I'm happy, sad, angry, confused, whatever it is just because I have to drink every single day. You see the correlation. Between that and acceptance and that accept things as they are, it's like the inverse of that. It's because the, we get peace when we accept what is, you drank regardless of what was. <laughs> regardless of what is. You see what I'm saying? I'd never put that together. I, I guess so, yeah. It is. It is. It's, huh. it is the, it's the, it is the opposite. Yeah. Uh, huh. And, Maybe that's why it's so hard to switch from one to the other, because it's really an there. It's not a it's not a moderation in between. It's the, exactly the opposite of the way I live now. Who knew that? That no, I tried to quit. I tried to control it. I, I spent enormous amount of time trying to control it. We were members of the Unitarian Universalist Church, and they had a men's group, a meditation group. I tried that. But, I talked a lot about looking for some, I had a feeling that I needed some spiritual answer, that there was a hole in my soul, and I was drinking at that. And that became clear to me in meditation. And there was a ball of anxiety inside of me, like a knot in my heart or in my gut that I couldn't release in meditation. And I was quite clear about that. I could feel it. And I tried to release it. And I got into therapy and was doing therapy. I learned what that knot was. I learned all about my family of origin, the way I grew up, my self-esteem, all of the problems there. It didn't touch my drinking. None of the knowledge, none of the meditation and prayer did not touch it. I went to AA and I quit drinking. And what was the difference, Don? What was different about AA? I don't. The, it, the what is different was higher power, and I think, and being in the middle of a herd all running in together gave me the ability. What it was when I went to AA, they kept talking about prayer, and it. It seemed very real. They were honest about it. And I began to believe that these people in a, and this is like in the first week, two weeks. In two weeks, I saw that these people are really seem to be t- serious about this. They're really doing it. I'm accustomed to people talking about God and not like in the church I grew up in. It's not real. They're not really doing it. They're just 
lip service for social reasons. And it seemed to be very real. And my sponsor asked me, he said, you're having problems with this God thing. Don, there is a God and you're not it. That's what you got to hold on to. And if you can't believe in it, just use my conception of God. Do you believe I believe in God? This guy was a drummer. I used to play, see him play music in punk bands. I was in the music scene. We were in clubs together. We drank. Uh, I didn't like drinking around him because he was a lot angrier than I was. He was one of those punk rock guys breaking stuff and all of that. And I'm more of the in the hippie area. But you remind me of Shaggy. (laughs) 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 And this guy, I could believe him. He's a drummer. He was cool. And he believed in God. And so I said, I believe. Yeah, I believe you believe. Use mine. And I just did it. And really, it was an experiment. I'll try this and see if it works. And I stayed and I asked God to keep me sober. And the very first time I did it, it was like pulling my nails out to be willing to ask the nothing to keep me sober because that's what it felt like. And I said a prayer on my front porch as I was about to explode because I wanted to jump out of my skin. I wanted to drink so bad. I said, God, if you're real, get me out of this. And my next thought was, Don, you don't need to get out of this. You need to go through this. You can go through this and go to the other side. It wasn't like a voice of God because it was my voice in my head, but it wasn't my thinking. It was some other thinking that came to me. And I got through that. And so I have ever since believed that there is something that will answer in some way that I can stay sober. And as long as I've been sober, I have depended on that. I had to give up. The, one of the things about the Tao that bothers me is the the non-personification of God. There, There is no thing there to ask for personal thing there. That's not my personal experience, and that is what I was trying to access, that non-personal energy of the world, of the universe, before I came to AA in my prayer and meditation. And I had a counselor there who was saying, God, it really is you. It's you. It's in your heart. It's where you're connected. And so I believed all of that. I really had to give up that idea. So this has been, so I still hold on to that because I tried it without it and it didn't work. So for me, there is something, what it is, it's the mask of God. And the mask, as Joseph Campbell would say, and the mask of God that I use is a personal God that is that I can ask questions and get answers from. 
And it has worked for me and kept me sober. But I do believe it's a mask of God. And I believe that all the religions have a different mask. And God is. God, those are connotations. No, those are. Descriptions, maybe? Yeah, those are descriptions. They're metaphors. They're fingers pointing to the ultimate experience, the ultimate thing that that we can't touch or describe. So we use these things to access it. And that's these my words, access point. These words are so inadequate too. And we all have our own God language. We all, you could ask 10 different people who and what God is and you get 20 different answers, you know, because yes. you waffle in the middle of it. I waffle in the middle of the answer because I can't describe it. And that's what's great about the Tao is the Tao is just a description. It doesn't say that this power of the universe or God or whatever name you want to put on it is anything particular. It's just talking what it's like, like trying to describe what a strawberry tastes like. It, it, it's, and I love and the idea through this whole thing. And there's no mistake that you read 56. And this is how the Tao works because it weaves in and out of everything. Uh, it gives itself up continually. That's what we had to do when we came into AA. I had to surrender. I had to give myself up. And I did just a little. And it sounds like it's the same thing you did. That's different from anything that I was told before. I, was ne- I wasn't told to give up. I was told to double down. Work harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really probably different advice than you got from anyone. And you had someone there who could show you the way. You weren't asked to do something. You were asked to watch someone and had an example there with you that we've done. It will help you. You're not alone. Yes. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's an experience not to be missed. And my life has never been the same ever since, but it's always, but it's always letting go. I, when I first found the Tao of our understanding, I wish you would start over with the Tao and start doing that again and just taking we one will. verse at a time. We will. I want to do these interviews. And when I get through these interviews, I think we'll start over with the first verse because we all have a different understanding now than we had the first time we went through it. Yes. And I love the way that it dovetails with the steps, the Tao of our understanding, the God of our understanding. It's It's beautiful. It is the whole idea of surrender was so alien before I came to AA. And exactly as you said, what do you mean? Give up. How do I, I, what am I going to do? I've got to plan. I've got to make things happen. You know, my, my idea was I invented. And this is learned in our culture and in business and school is envision the future and make it happen. You have to envision it to make it happen. That's why we have vision statements and and we're going to create the future. I don't live that way at all anymore. I now live the way I see it is I just make myself available to the day and to what's going to happen and to what's the next thing to happen. I did not push in any way to 
become a podcast host for the Grapevine magazine. That flowed to me. I think if I had pushed, it, it wouldn't have happened. No, I don't think so either. It's back to that what we resist persists when we're talking about our fears and those things. We have to let those things go. And we learn just to be the observer in our life. Like the Tao quote I use all the time, that the man of Tao stands on what is already moving. My sponsor was really big in, in helping me with that. He said, I just do what's in front of me to do, whatever it is. Oh, okay, that must be what I need to do. Let me go there. And when that's done, oh, okay, that must be where I need to go. He, ne- he doesn't study the Tao, but he's living it. <laughs> oh, yes. He's living it. Oh, I must need to buy this land. It's in front of me. Okay, I'll buy it. That kind of thing. He went to Italy on vacation and he asked me to get his mail. He, at the time, he lived just a couple of miles from me. And I said, well, where's the house key? This is when I was first working with him. He said, all the doors open. Don't worry about it. I said, what? You're in Italy in your house. And he lives on a big log cabin up on the top of a mountain and real nice place. And he said, yeah, just walk in, throw it in the middle of the floor. I'll get it when I get back. And I walk in and the lights are on and his Tundra and Porsche keys are hanging on the wall and everything's just like he was there. I'm like, how does he go to Italy for a month and leave all of his stuff? His eyes, if somebody took it, I'd get another one if I'm supposed to have. It's no big deal. Wow. (laughs) I said, I needed this. Because he taught me how to let go a little bit in the financial realm. Now, I'm not that free, but he's helped me with that. It seems like I get the right people placed in front of me at the time to help me with whatever's going on or upcoming in my life Mm -hmm. every time. And that's what the Tao is about. It's describing this path that we're on. That's this path of virtue. Day is virtue. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I talked to Amy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. My favorite metaphor in the Tao is the water and that it flows to its level. It fills the cracks. It rather than fighting, it just flows into it. And and so way there's a Quaker. Once I got sober and was sober for a few years, another area, the Quakers, the meditation in the Quaker practice, I really responded to that. And it dovetails very well with my AA program and that there is that of God in everyone. And another expression that they have that I use a lot is way will open. And if I surrender to God, then way will open. What Whatever my difficulty is, if I don't push I was sober for in my, I don't know, in my first couple of months. I remember talking about this letting go thing. And I was, I looked, I, I said to a guy at noon meeting, I'm letting go. I'm letting go as hard as I possibly can. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Don, letting go is not about bearing down. It's about easing up. And I started to get a, a feel like, I wasn't letting go, but I was trying to hard. That's like praying hard. I'm praying as hard (laughs) as I can. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We were, I was talking to Amy last week and I was doing a little more research on Wu Wei, effortless effort out for some other thing. And I came across something that I didn't know. That word 
Wu, W-U, for effortless, could also be translated as empty. So it's empty effort, empty of self. Like, yeah, that's it. It's not that it's not effort, but it's empty of us. You know, I hear that. And my first impulse is to recoil. It's awful. That is awful. What an awful idea. And it still happens all the time with all of this stuff. What? Okay, let go. But it works. It It does. And it dovetails right into acceptance now. Because acceptance is letting go. It's accepting what is as it is right now in this moment. Whether you agree with it or not. Whether it's something that you approve of or not. Not judging good or bad. Nope. Both are as they are. That's that's the hardest one, not judging good or bad. But that's where our peace is. That's been my experience. It is where our peace is. And the more I've been able to do it, the more serenity I have. The more I've been able to allow other people to act in a ridiculous fashion that I completely disagree with. That's what they're doing. That's not me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to fight that. We surrender. We give up fighting everyone and everything. And it's it's complete surrender to everything as it is. What can I bring to it? What can I do? But there are times where, so what do you do in times of the greatest despair? Like when my son had cancer, he had cancer and had to have surgery and they got it. But before before the surgery, this is a couple of years ago, before the surgery, though, I was not, none of this made any sense to me. God didn't make any sense to me. There, this was unacceptable, and I, accepting it was too horrible to consider. And I, I continued to go, I was in great emotional anguish. And I continued to go to meetings via Zoom, even though I just kept the sound off. And I was like, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to pray. I asked God to keep me sober every morning because that has always worked. And even though I didn't want to do it, I'm unwilling not to do it because it's not really a matter of whether I feel like it or not. I do that because I want to stay sober. And I, and I got through it. I got through that period. Luckily, he, they got the cancer and there hasn't been a remission and it looks like he's free and clear, but that doesn't always happen. So I always wonder, what do you do when you're in the valley of despair? Because when you're there, it feels like nothing will work and there's no way out. And we've talked before, and I've talked on the podcast several times about my son passing, and that will be two years in August, this coming August. And he was in intensive care for a month, and he had an extremely high temperature, 109 was what, when they first got to him, it wouldn't even register. It was too high for their, for their thermometer to register. And over the course of the month, his, all of his organs shut down except his heart. He was on a ventilator. He had, 30% 30% brain damage. It was just going on and on and on. Lost an eye. Just on and on. His 
they, they gave him medication to make the blood flow to the core so that to try to save the organs in his arms and legs were turning black and would probably his fingers would have probably had to been amputated. All kinds of things happening. Horrible. And I made two trips to the hospital to uh, turn off life support. I thought I was turning off life support when I got there. And uh, his mom would not do it. And uh, so he kept in that state. And it was no accident that three days before he got sick, I came back from a meditation retreat. I was on a silent retreat for several days with the Zen Center in Atlanta. So I was back on Sunday night, and this was on a Wednesday when this happened. And Thursday, I had some time that evening at home, and I sat with it for a couple of hours. And I used two phrases, neither of which I learned from AA. Both I learned from my Zen folks. Uh, one was, thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, it's like the resentment prayer. You say it without meaning it. It doesn't matter. It can be empty words and you think it's BS, but you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was saying, thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. And I said, and I kept repeating that for, and then about 30 minutes in, I would say 30 to 45, I added a second one, which is even harder. My son's name's Max. I would not change Max's medical condition, even if I could, which was so much harder than the first one. And I sat with those and my head was just screaming, but I sat with, and the more I repeated those, the more peace that I felt. I felt peace from the first time I sat down and said the first, the first phrase a little bit. And I just felt more and more. And I stayed with it for two hours until I felt at peace with things. I didn't approve or agree with anything, but. I was in a place of acceptance and I had peace. Now that came and went during the month. And when I was down at Emory sitting in the waiting room, all those other people were there for the same reason I was. They had a loved one in there. So I would pray for each person in the room. I'd go around the room. There'd be 80, 100 people in there. And I just go around praying for all the people when I started thinking about it. Beautiful. Um, then, then I'd pray for each room. That was in the ICU. And, and it was a way I could make an amends to my ex-wife, to his mom. And when he did pass, I let them pick out the songs. Now I didn't impose on them what I wanted. You know, I let them do what they wanted to do. I realized I had to back off because I was trying to get in and be in charge. And I said, whoa. So I just backed off and let them do that. And I was there to help. But those two phrases brought acceptance. And it was the acceptance that brought the peace. It's the giving up. It gives itself up continually. That's why it endures. I had to give up. I had to let go, like we were talking about. Well, had- buddy, it's, you said what jumped out at me was you didn't approve, but you accepted. And acceptance doesn't have to be approval. No, it's not approval at all. And it's, I think it's that's not- where the struggle is. Yeah. And it's not giving up either. Acceptance is not giving up. Acceptance is what I need so I can see the situation clearly. If I don't accept it, I'm still seeing the situation through a lens of fear more than likely because I'm wanting it to be different than it is. So I may not. We had and he had a nine month old son and his 
his girlfriend, his fiance, she didn't want to turn anything off. She'd say things were going on with him that weren't as far as him improving. She could just see improvements. You know, I was accused of not loving him and all those things too. It was just so many other levels going on with this. And it was hard. It was so hard. But the phrase in the big book that talks about that serenity's matched with calamity. Yes. That really is true because there was peace there for me in a situation that was not acceptable. But then I can look and say, okay, what can I do to change this? Once I accept it, then I can see it a lot clearer. It's not giving up. It's not approval. Neither one. And drinking wouldn't help. That would not bring (laughs) acceptance. (laughs) That wouldn't bring acceptance. And there'd be no way I could be of help to anyone. That's right. When uh, my brother-in-law and my brother-in-law and and his wife died in a plane crash when I was two years sober, and I didn't want to bring it up at a meeting because it was I didn't want to bring the meeting down. And my sponsor said, "Don, I want you to go. It's a discussion meeting tomorrow, and I want you to bring this up first thing. I want you to jump in before anyone has a chance to speak." Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and I said, you know, that they had died and that I was struggling with it. My wife is, you know, is a wreck and uh, it's a hard time. And the room was totally silent. And I went, oh, no. And then this old timer got up, but he didn't get he didn't get up. But he said, I was just sitting here thinking, what a self-centered, selfish person pointless, uneffective drunk you would have if you were to start drinking today. And I was going, that's the rudest thing I've ever heard anybody say. That's the one thing that stuck with me. And that stuck with me through the ensuing couple of weeks. It would be pointless, self-centered for me to drink and ineffective. And it wouldn't get rid of anything. It and I wouldn't be able to be there for my wife and her family that were in such great pain. And I could be of help. And as sometimes those old timers will drive a knife in your heart, but it's the truth. And that's why it has always stayed with me. Yeah. Alcohol would bring temporary relief to me only. And the situation would still be there when I sobered up and there would be and then it would be worse. It wouldn't be better. Right. And looking back to, on the time with when my son had cancer and I was continuing to go to meetings, I was con- continuing to do my morning prayer. In fact, I was continuing to write a gratitude list and text it to all my sponsees and they texted back. These are the things that supported me through it. It didn't feel like it at the time, but that doesn't have an I don't trust my feelings. <laughs> I just don't trust them because I did get through it and I what I didn't behave as well as I would like to. I was cranky in some places that I wished I hadn't been, but I made amends immediately. And I was trying and I was there for everyone. And if I had been drinking, I wouldn't have been. I would have gone, I can't deal with this. I'm going to the bar. We don't do any of those things perfectly. It's a practice. It's a practice. And we're practicing this all the time. 
And especially in the times of trouble, it's a practice. We're not going to do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. There's never a time, though, that I haven't applied the program to my life and which ultimately helps me to surrender whatever's going on, that it hasn't helped me with the situation. There's never a time I regretted it. Mm -hmm. I never regretted applying the program to my life. No. That's good. Somebody asked you what the Tao was, what would you say, Don? What would be your response? If you had a sponsor, what is this Tao anyway? <laughs> wow. I'm not an expert on the Tao. I'm just uh, from your experience. You know, what yeah. with your experience, what do you what resonates with you? It the Tao are these verses that were written long ago. It's ancient, like all of the world's religions. There, humans have tried to c come up with some understanding of what is going on underneath of this physical reality. I feel something can, that's there, a spirit that's there. What, how can you describe it? How can you touch it? How can I be a part of it? How can I not be alone and just trapped inside of this world that's I want to get out. That's why I drank was to it. It opened me up and it felt that at first it was great. And it exploded into the universe. I just felt connected to the world and to nature and to God and everything. When I drank, it was, it, it worked. And the Tao is another way of looking at the world by so and all the verses they're all uh, on and on about surrendering and being empty to be effective in the world yeah yeah thank you we have a newcomer listening what suggestion could you make somebody's just looking at aa and they stumble across this because they have a problem with god they thought this dial podcast might help them <laughs> so what 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 advice could you or what suggestions could you make for a newcomer that might be listening to this podcast? Don't worry about the God thing. Just don't worry about it. I know it sounds daunting. It sounded so daunting to me. Well, how can you, John? God's all over the steps. God's all over the steps. How can you do this without knowing what God is? Yeah, I think that it, the step says, third step says, made a decision to turn our will and lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And I think would like for it to say, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. Because it exactly as I am right now is where I can turn it over. I can turn it, I can turn all this chaos in my mind over to the nothing. That's where I started. But I had to allow that there is something else besides just me. And I can depend on it. I can give all this stuff to that. And just go ahead and do it. Give it to the nothing. I started at the nothing. And what happened was I felt something. I would never have felt nothing fails but a try and just <laughs> just give it a try, experiment and just do it and continue through the steps. And in 
talking with a sponsor and going through the steps and listening to everybody else's experience and actually doing these things. So I had to say, I had to allow that there is a higher power. And then once I allowed that there was a higher power, I allowed that I'm going to turn my will over to this thing that I don't believe in, but I'm allowing it. And then I'm going to make an inventory and I'm going to share it with my sponsor. And then he's going to help me find out what are the things that I do that don't work, the things that I do all the time instinctively that don't work. That's what my inventory is going to give me. Those are my character defects and they don't work. It's written down on paper. I can see how it doesn't work. And I turn to them all the time. I'm going to give those things to that higher power. And then I'm going to continue through the steps and I'm going to approach the people where I, that I've harmed and correct it to the best that I can with the with advice the I sponsor. And by the time I get through all of that, that higher power is going to be something that is a lot more real than it was where I started. So just put it on the back burner and move forward. I, I really allow that there is a higher power. I'm just not going to fight that and see yeah. what happens. Yeah, for me, I if I will not try to figure it out, but just choose to start to let compassion and loving kindness have its way in my life. And that's what the program does is it shows me that I have to choose to forgive you. I have to choose to let go of these things. And the way I let go is by either helping someone else let go or praying for the person I resent. There are all ways of giving ourselves up. And I don't have to figure God out. I just start doing the actions that suggested and just keep doing those. And the rest of it takes care of itself. I don't really have does. To, yeah. I don't have to believe anything. I just have to take action. Yeah. It's in the action. And then, and in the community of all the other people that are doing it together, it's a fantastic thing. Something's going on there. And whatever that thing is, that's what my higher power is. That's the body. That's what is. God is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, your early meditation, did you meditate now? Do you meditate now? Was that, is that still part of your spirituality? Yeah. Okay. Lord, I was just doing it intensely. Last week, I just had to have this prostate biopsy, which let me tell you, it's not fun. And I've had one before and I know it's not fun. And I was, I didn't want to be in the same anxious place. So I, every day was doing a meditation. I really love, I don't like meditating. I'm not going to say I like it. I don't like it and I don't want to do it, but I just determined I'm going to, that's okay. The reason I don't meditate is because I don't want to. And I want to, so I'm not going to participate with that. I'm not participating with my not wanting to. And I would do it for five, five or 10 minutes every day. And doing that, even at that short time and watching my thoughts come up like trains in a station <laughs> and I'm on the platform and just let them go on by. There's another thought. Let it go on by. I'm not doing that right now. I'm not thinking about what I said yesterday. 
to the, another person. And should I have said something different or the expression of that person? I'm not doing that right now. Right now, I'm breathing and I'm right here. Oh, tomorrow I got to remember to what? I'm not doing that right now. I'm just staying right here breathing. Let that train pass and just let them pass. Keep So I'm not attached. I started really seeing how my thinking is just my brain wants desperately for me to go into the future and into the past. It just come on. And I don't need to do it. I don't need to participate with it. And that's where anxiety is. And with the upcoming biopsy, it, that's not happening right now. Right now, I'm breathing, you know, and I. Fear. That's the fear of talking. Yeah. And I'm not going to participate in it. I'm going to stay right here. I'm okay. Right now, I feel my body. I'm not in any pain. Here I am. And it really helped to continually be there because even during the procedure, like I, I did this with a root canal one time and Okay, I was, the anxiety level would go up. I walk into the office. It shoots way up. Well, I'm not in pain at this moment. I went and sat down in the chair, waited, called my name. Fear shout, shoots up. Not in pain at this moment. <laughs> I walk, sat in the chair. The fear jolts up at the moment I sat in the chair. I'm not feeling pain at this moment. I got the shot, a little bit of pain. It wasn't really that bad, but it was, there was a little pain there. But then it was numb and I kept going, breathing, going, I'm not in, I'm not feeling pain. I can feel it, but it's, there's no pain. And yeah, I got up and walked out of that root canal and I've had five before and I was not covered in sweat. I was relaxed and it really wasn't that bad. So that's what I, that's what I get from it. I don't know if that's spiritual, but. Oh, it is. Everything's (laughs) spiritual, Don. God's definitely now. That's another three letter word for God is now. Now. If God's love brings us to the moment, love is now. We can't do for someone else except in this very moment. I thought that the expression one day at a time was the most vacuous thing I'd ever heard when I walked into AA. Oh, so now we're going, I'm going to have to get a pillow and learn how to embroider, <laughs> do needlepoint. And really, it's even more redactive than that. It's one moment at a time. It's one moment at a time. It is a spiritual principle that runs through all religions and it's powerful and it's the absolute truth we hmm. only have right now. What a good conversation. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you coming today. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.